This is Powered by Learning, a podcast designed for learning leaders to hear the latest approaches to creating learning experiences that engage learners and achieve improved performance for individuals and organizations. Powered by Learning is brought to you by DaVinci Interactive. For more than 25 years, DaVinci has provided custom learning solutions to government agencies, corporations, medical education and certification organizations, and educational content providers. We collaborate with our clients to bring order and clarity to content and technology. Learn more at DaVinci.com. Hello, and welcome to Powered by Learning. I'm your host, Susan Port, and today I'm joined by DaVinci Client Solutions Consultant, Angeline Evans, and our guest, Maggie Romanovich, Director of Learning and Development, Wine and Spirits at Constellation Brands. Constellation Brands is a leading international producer and marketer of beer, wine, and spirits with operations in the U.S., Mexico, New Zealand, and Italy. You may not know the name Constellation Brands, but you most certainly know their iconic brands, including Corona, Modelo, the Robert Mondavi brand family, Mayomi, Svetkovaca, and High West Whiskey, to name a few. Welcome, Maggie. Great to see you. It's great to talk to you again, Maggie. Thanks for having me. So Maggie, you were recently promoted and took on a new role at Constellation. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing and the learning audience you're now serving? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been at Constellation for about 14 years and started in learning and development about halfway into that. And so I've had roles with beer learning and development, uh, most recently with our TBA national accounts team. And then um, last year we reorged and now I lead learning and development for our sales team for our mainstream and super premium portfolio within the wine and spirits business. So now my focus is on the main group of sales folks that handle that portfolio, but I also work very closely with my counterpart in our newly formed premium and luxury division, Aspira. So it's really great. It's an opportunity to collaborate across those different groups. We've got a fantastic group of professionals who we all work with together. And of course, we collaborate very closely with our global and our beer counterparts as well. That's great. Well, we're looking forward to hearing more from you today. Yeah, we are. So we recently kicked off the new year, and this is often when we're developing, just finishing developing, or even beginning to roll out our plan of attack for the year. And so what are our organization's business goals? Where does training tie into that? Um, Have we identified any skill gaps? What are our learners asking for? What do they need? So for today, I was hoping we could talk about the considerations you like to keep in mind when you're developing your learning plan for the year. So Maggie, where do you like to start? Or what do you look at first? Sure. So it's always got to be a combination of our learners, right? They have to be at the center of everything we do, but so does our strategy. So as we think about what we want to accomplish with our goals from a business standpoint, we've got a couple of things that we look at. We've got capability scorecard. We also have our actual sales goals and then the global goals, how they all ladder together. So in my mind, it becomes this three-dimensional view of where all of those things intersect in a way that allows our learners to spend as much time in the field as possible. So then I start thinking about our audience and who they are, what it comprises of. And there's essentially four personas that I look at. So there's people who are new to the organization and new to role, someone who just graduated from college or an intern perhaps, or someone who maybe has moved over from one of our distributors and is taking on a new sales role. And then there are people who are new to the organization, but might be experienced in that role. And they need to learn, you know, they don't necessarily need to learn how to do the work, but how Constellation approaches it. 
And then people who have been in the organization for a while, but want to level up. So what do those folks need? Because they're going to need something a little bit different and probably a little bit deeper or even a refresh. You know, people who have been around for six, seven years and took a really fantastic foundational course at the beginning of their career may need a refresher. And we should refresh that too, because business has changed quite a bit, especially over the last couple of years. And then explorers. So this can take a lot of different forms. It could be someone who maybe is in supply chain and is looking at to getting into sales operations or someone who is in HR and is interested in category management or someone who's in sales but wants to hone in on some of their more analytical skills. So what sorts of things do we have available for them to level set? And I also take the approach, you know, I've got a philosophy around how we want to go about our learning. So we look at, you know, our strategy for our organization, we look at our audience, but then I want to make sure that our learning is sustainable. So how do we take it beyond the classroom or beyond, beyond the learning intervention. Um, I want to make sure that it's relevant to their job. You know, I, I like to say about 80% of it should be things that you're doing right now. And 20% of it should be thinking into the future, unless it's a, you know, we're tackling that future view intentionally. And I want it to be actionable. I want to make sure that they can do something with the information that we gave them and that they discovered immediately after the event, and I want it to be inclusive. So, you know, a good example, um, you know, we launched our e-commerce curriculum last year, and it wasn't just about sales. It was also about our marketing teams, our category teams, how our e-commerce sales folks that sat within our omni-channel business interacted with those that sit within our, you know, e-commerce focused business. So those are kind of the three things that I look at, right? It's our, you know, corporate strategy, our sales strategy, what kind of learners we're talking about, and then what kind of learning we want to approach. Thank you. Yeah, I've always, in working with you, I've always loved the way you've really tackled the different learner personas. You know, I think that's not an angle that everyone always approaches. And I love the concept of explorers because that's not something I hear. I hear people talk about often people that might possibly want a job switch. So when you've developed these learner personas, was it just practical experience and you came up with them yourself as you spoke with people at the organization to do a survey? Like, how did you establish that? Um, so I, I came up with it on my own while we were um, developing our category in space camp, because yeah. that's an area that, you know, it can take a really long time to become mm-hmm. a specialist in the software that we use to really become an expert in it. Um, and so I, as we were thinking about how we wanted to approach it in the different levels, um, that's where it started to bloom, I guess, um, where it yeah. started to grow. But then I started thinking about my own experience at Constellation. And I, you know, I have a radio degree and I started off as a media planner here at Constellation mm-hmm. and I got to... I got to benefit from the culture. I mean, I put out into it what I got out of it. But, you know, at Constellation, we really pride ourselves in people being able to find work they love at work. You know, our, our philosophy is to have, you know, it's worth reaching for. So, you know, people worth reaching for, careers worth reaching for, products worth reaching for. And I wanted to make sure that we had some space for people who wanted to understand it a little bit better without having to take the full plunge into the deep end of a new role or to prepare themselves for a new role. We had somebody who was exploring uh, category management who was in um, customer management before, which is on the supply chain side. Um, And because we had that explorer space for her, I'm like, you know, take these three things, see if this is something that you want to pursue. And she took them and she loved it. And she interviewed fantastically. And I just was talking to the woman who leads her team. And she's like, she has gotten up to speed faster than anybody that I've hired before. You know, I really appreciate her enthusiasm. So creating that space allowed her to be 
gained some momentum before even going into that role and really succeeding and bringing her full value. It's hard when you start a new job and you don't bring your full value. So I wanted to make sure that we had some space for that as well, but also, you know, not taking for granted the people who've been around for a long time. You know, we were in the middle of a great resignation. Let's make sure that we're supporting people who have chosen to stay, who find fulfillment in the work they do. I mean, you know, they also deserve to be developed and, and supported as they grow their career here and look for new opportunities to level up. That is, that's an awesome story about her uh, using that training to get up to speed on a completely different career path. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so still looking at the learners, um, and considering the different training approaches and modalities you use. So in LD, we're often asked that, you know, what's is there a special formula? What's the perfect formula for the way you want to deliver training? Is it e-learning followed by this? Or, you know, what do you consider, especially with sales, because you know that's a, a unique audience when you're deciding on a training modality? I wish I knew what the secret formula was, but I think right? the secret formula is that there is no secret formula. <laughs> yeah, that you have exactly. to take the right answer. No <laughs> So surprise, spoiler alert, that's the secret (laughs) formula, right? The potion is you have to consider all of those things from scratch to begin with. But one of the things that I was, we were, we were moving towards this before the pandemic happened and we all got grounded essentially, but, you know, looking for ways to optimize our time and field, you know, there's a really great guy out in my area, his name's Ken Phillips, and he really digs into evaluation, predictive analytics on how learning is going to be effective and how to minimize scrap learning. And so that's where the relevance part of my learning philosophy comes into play. I want to make sure that the things that we provide are relevant and actionable. So when I take that approach ahead of time and then match it up with the strategies, you can see, you can see it surface of like what the right modality is. So a really good example is, you know, prior to everything shutting down, pretend the world was back to normal. We looked into some software training for a really seemingly intense analytical tool. And we are, we had put our teams, um, some of the people through our teams through a four day training. Well, it is very difficult to, it, it was live and in person. It's very difficult for people to step away from the business that long to be able to put in their out of office especially when they're not on PTO, their boss knows where they are. And our business moves very quickly. Everybody's does these days. And so people got into that classroom and really ideally would have been able to focus very clearly, have one thing to focus on, but you're getting calls from your boss. You've got your clients calling you. And it was very difficult for people to absorb the whole thing. I had some people tell me that they were lost in the first you know, hour because they got pulled away into a quick meeting with someone important. And so when we look to reignite our interest in that software, we looked at different options for, you know, how could we flip the classroom, so to speak. So my husband's a math teacher and he flips his classroom. So he does videos and he sends his kids home and says, your homework is to watch this video and take notes. We're going to do our homework together tomorrow. And so I had heard of the flip classroom in my, you know, develop my own personal development and thought we'd try that. And so I found it was like a seven hour course on a syndicated learning platform and we gave them eight weeks to go through it. And I said, what you're going to do is you're going to do about an hour a week, pace yourself, give yourself, you know, it, it gave, we gave them a little bit of a buffer so that if they got behind, they could catch up. And I said, once we're done with that, we're all going to come together and we're going to create the tools that we intended to have based on that software, right? Because of that in the live 
session, you know, you're learning all of the clicks and all of the navigation, and then you're sent home to do the work on your own. We've flipped that. We put them through an opportunity to learn an hour, digest it, try some things out, learn it. You know, you're giving them a nutritious meal spread out yeah. over time as opposed to cramming their faces and, you know, a gluttonous, ravenous, you know, classroom. <laughs> and, you know, previously when we were in a live session, 10 people, you know, out of the 50 that went through it, were actually using the tool afterwards. Like it's, it's a company-wide thing. I'm not saying that my program, you know, <laughs> led to that, but it certainly drove adoption. And so now we're using that as a baseline people. We have a, a sustainment piece to it too. We've got a, a weekly check-in. We have new courses that are available, but, I, but I would say long story long <laughs> that uh-huh. for a sales team, uh, having that flipped classroom piece has really helped people feel like they could be developed and not take a lot of very important time out of the marketplace. And that's really going to be important when things start opening up again. People aren't going to want to go and spend five days in a workshop. What they're going to want to do is go spend time with their customers. They're going to want to go and get into the field. They're going to want to go into the stores and check the shelves. So we need to be prepared to provide them with learning opportunities that give them development that they need without making their, uh, without risking their business. Right. And I mean, it sounds like that approach really mitigates the forgetting curve because, you know, if you're in a workshop for four days, how much of that are you taking back with you, especially with something that's like technology training where you really need to be doing hands on and have it work for you when you need it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And given, given the space to like, imagine, you know, one of the things that I think we forget about, like we talk about like the kinesthetic audio and visual learning, but there's also imagination. Like how do you imagine yourself using these things in the future? That can be really Mm -hmm. powerful to give yourself some space to think about that. You know, we don't take a lot of time to have thinking time. Sure. Me, I think I've got like a half an hour free today. So how do I create that space? And so giving your learners time to think about how they're going to use that instead of having a page of notes, they never go back to, they're actually, you know, taking notes and trying a couple things before they go on to that next course, that next chapter and what they're trying to learn. Do you, do you think that the changing business world and the, the hybrid world that we're living in now has really encouraged you a constellation to rethink how you do learning? It sounds like you've You've pivoted in all the right directions because of how things have changed lately. I think so. I I think we were leaning towards that to begin with because we, our Salesforce is home field based. And so I think what it did, like it did with a lot of other things that, that it just accelerated it quite a bit. I think that there is still a lot of value in coming together and learning from each other, but I want to make sure that that time means something. So I do think that the this hybrid world, you know, outside of field-based sales organization, I've never been busier. <laughs> when when COVID hit and we shut down, I know that there were people who were like, I don't know what to do because I'm out in the field all the time. Well, you know what they did? They wanted to learn. <laughs> so <laughs> we hit the gas on a lot of those things and we were able to accelerate the development of like Angeline and I worked on our space planning software training because people couldn't come together to do a workshop. And we certainly aren't going to put people in front of a computer for an eight hour webinar on how to make that work. So we were able to make it an even stronger case for going into that blended learning approach as opposed to flying everybody everywhere for workshops. Absolutely. So just anecdotally, have you what sort of feedback have you received? Um, well, I mentioned before that, you know, we've got people who are exploring new careers and now they have those learning opportunities to be able to explore that a little bit. I think that people are 
very enthusiastic about everything they have available to them, but it can also be overwhelming. So now that we have created this huge buffet of, <laughs> you know, I've yeah. <laughs> with me. Now that we've right. created this huge buffet of learning, we need to put some order to it to figure out where people can start. So Angeline, you and I are working on that sort of curriculum mapping, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, where, where, do, how do we create an organized buffet if people need to go and choose what they want? Right. Or how do we create a prefix menu where somebody needs to go through an organized course in order to get the full experience? So I think that's that's the direction that we're we're headed in in this environment. I love that analogy. That's a great <laughs> way to that's exactly what curriculum mapping is, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a buffet and a menu. Um, so before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about evaluation. You touched on it. A, a few minutes ago. So measuring success with training can be really tricky. Sometimes it's based on feedback from your learners. Sometimes you have clear-cut data that says, yes, we delivered a stellar training and we improved performance. Here's how you can see that. What are some different ways that you've been able to measure success at Constellation? Yeah. So obviously as a learning professional, you love to get that level one evaluation where it's like, oh yeah, the facilitator knew exactly what she was talking about and the WebEx worked perfectly. But you know, that's really just first impressions. Mm -hmm. You know, I always try to ask how much I I like to get a benchmark ahead of time. Give me your pre-course thoughts, right? Do you feel confident in this space? Because as we know, confidence means the world to certain people, to a lot of people, right? If I'm confident that I can do it, I can do it. But we want to make sure that their confidence and their competence are on equal footing. We don't want somebody who's really good at what they do, but they're not very confident. And, you know, we definitely don't want to have somebody who's very confident and not competent at all. So we want to make sure that we're matching (laughs) those two metrics up. And so I like to measure people's confidence before and after. So we did that with the, the space planning software, you know, how mm-hmm. are you feeling ahead of time? How are you feeling after? And it's an easier way to share back like, Hey, we had 50% of the people we invited attend. We can say we had, you know, a 20% increase in confidence based on first impressions of the course. It's harder as time goes on. And as priorities shift and change to check in with that knowledge check, the behavior change, seeing if it actually moved the needle with the business. So we're working towards that. But one of the things that I think is really important is, um, number one, evaluating for growth and not evaluating for like punitive repercussions, right? Like we're not going to fire anybody for failing because that's not, we, we have to make sure that we're putting all of those things in place to make sure that people were given the full opportunity to succeed. And I think that's really important. I think positive reinforcement. So being able to say like, hey, you know, this person got to the advanced level of this, or this person got, you know, a 90% score on this particular benchmarking test. Here's a badge, right? So being able right. to prove your worth, excuse me, being able to prove your knowledge performance, certainly not tied to worth, <laughs> but yeah. being able to prove your your performance and how you're applying the, that knowledge, I think is really critical. And being able to look to your neighbor, look to your colleagues and say like, wow, you know, Angeline did a really great job with that. I'd like to get that badge in my, in my signature or, you know, because I went through all of this and I demonstrated my expertise, I've gotten recognition from our leaders. I was invited to a special one-on-one with our chief sales officer. I think being Mm -hmm. able to provide positive reinforcement through success in that area, but also provide visibility because that's something that a field-based team doesn't always get. You know, a lot of times proximity can be an indicator of success and we don't necessarily want that. I think it really, it doesn't speak to that diversity, equity, and inclusion tenants that are so important 
to make sure that we've got a well-rounded sales force. We want to make sure that that visibility is brought to life. So being able to publish and broadcast success, I think is really critical. Um, And then being able to identify gaps. So when you benchmark and then you reassess, what are those gaps that we're seeing? And because we have created this buffet style, you know, capabilities focused menu of things to choose from, we're not putting people through unnecessary learning. We're identifying those opportunities where we can really target what they need to be successful. Yeah. Thank you, Maggie. And and to the point with badges, I mean, having them there to increase visibility also lets folks, if they have a good rapport with someone and they say, oh, I see you're an advanced user at this, they might be more likely to ask that person a silly question that they have been hesitant on than their manager or whomever that's else a maybe. really that's a really important piece. Like we do that with our onboarding as we we put together buddies. And to your point, like being able to have a mentor, being able to have somebody who is in your class with you, we want to make sure that people get the answers. We don't necessarily care who they get them from as long as they're the right one. But some people won't ask. To your point, if you have to ask your manager, yeah. you know why why is it like this, or what button was I supposed to click, or you know where do I find that information? You don't want to expose yourself that way. And so we we do a lot of like foundational learning too, so that we can, you know, e-commerce was a really good example of that. People are in a different place in their journey. So how do we bring mm-hmm. them up to speed? You know, I use the analogy of that emperor's new clothes. Like nobody wants to say they don't know about something, especially leaders. You know, if they're new, if a new initiative is coming into play, like, let's just, you know what, we're just going to assume that nobody knows anything. And if you know this stuff, cool, take what you want and leave the rest. But let's get everybody up to the same level of knowledge that we expect them to be at. And then people can discreetly take the learning and then fully participate in the workshop. And that's actually another benefit of having that flipped classroom is you get a lot more participation in the short time that you do have because you brought everybody up to speed. Thank you. So you shared some awesome stories and advice for this session. But before you leave, do you have any advice for listeners who are developing a learning plan? Parting words of wisdom. (laughs) Um, Sure. So I would say that your learners are your most important stakeholder. And sometimes people are going to be resistant. They think they're going to know everything. It's going to be difficult for them to realize that they might get some benefit out of the learning. My recommendation, again, with your learners is bring them along. Bring in the people who, like, you you know who they are. You know who the people are who are going to be like, (laughs) oh, I don't need this. You bring them in. Say, like, great, help me create this. You know, Mm -hmm. be a subject matter expert for me. And then they become a champion for you. And I think that, you know, those people hold a lot of, of weight in the mood that they place on a lot of the learning interventions that you create. And also look for new voices. Don't go to the same pool of people every single time tend to have like your go-to buddies that you know know what they're doing, but meet a couple new folks and bring them into the fold as well. And then of course, gain leadership alignment, because if your leaders aren't enthusiastic about your learning, their people are, are going to be, you know, they're not going to be given space to take that. So bring your leaders along, bring your champions along, bring your detractors along and collaboration is, is critical in this. That was, would be my, my biggest piece of wisdom. That's great. Thank you so much. Uh, Great advice, Maggie. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. It's always great to see you and we always love to learn what's going on in your world at Constellation Brands. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Angeline, always so great to talk with Maggie. I know. I always enjoy talking with her and I really loved hearing her approach to developing training strategy today. 
especially the concept of creating a space for your learners to explore and imagine. So too often we put learners in boxes and we really dictate the experience, which is Mm -hmm. totally needed because to some extent we, we need to make sure we're meeting our learning objectives, right? So we need to do that. But she makes a really good point that we also need to give them time to dive deeper into content and, and what interests them and also give them that opportunity to imagine how they're going to use what they're learning now tomorrow in their actual job. She's totally right also when it comes to measuring success and impact. So we're not just trying to increase competency. We're also trying to increase confidence and empower our learners. So confidence and competency should really improve in lockstep. But yes, it it was a great conversation today. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Angeline. That was a great wrap up. Before we uh, head out today, anything new at DaVinci that you'd like to share? Um, you know, there's a lot going on at DaVinci, but recently our EcoLearn team, so for listeners who don't know what EcoLearn is, EcoLearn is DaVinci's learning management system or LMS. So our, our team just kicked off the discovery phase for a new client who will be getting an installation of our LMS. And I just, the discovery phase is always really exciting because EcoLearn is a custom LMS. So the team works with them up front to really outline their unique requirements, identify features they'll need on their site because each client is different and you don't really necessarily need every bell and whistle on your site. You just need what's going to be relevant and meaningful to your learning audience and administrators that are tracking their performance. So it's been fun to see this project and site take shape. That sounds great. And if our listeners are interested, they can learn more about EcoLearn on our website. Thanks, Angeline. Thanks. And many thanks to our guest, Maggie Romanovich of Constellation Brands for joining us today. If you have any questions about what we talked about, you can reach out to us on DaVinci's social channels through our website, davinci.com, or by emailing us at poweredbylearning at davinci.com. Powered by Learning is brought to you by DaVinci Interactive. For more than 25 years, DaVinci has provided custom learning solutions to government agencies, corporations, medical education and certification organizations, and educational content providers. We collaborate with our clients to bring order and clarity to content and technology. Learn more at DaVinci.com.